Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the How to Lead podcast, helping you develop yourself and those around you. My name is Adam Tarno, joined today by Clay Scroggins. Today, Clay, we are going to be talking about how to stand out when you feel overlooked. Can you think about a time in your career where you felt overlooked at uh, for whatever reason? No, I would not say. I didn't have many times because this is not something that I... I feel like I am constantly, I, I'm, not in, well, I, I'm not intentionally trying to sell myself, but I do feel like I've used this before that I feel like I'm constantly running for public office. And so I'm, it is in me to want to go meet the entire room. And I mean, my college friends made fun of me because one of them was like, I hated you the first moment I saw you because it was like orientation. There were hundreds of people there. I had like a backwards camouflage hat on and I stood up in the middle of everyone and they were like, who does this guy think he is? So it is not, I'm not trying to do it. It is just in me. But I feel, I've had this conversation so many times with people that I've worked with, which is people on my team know me. They know that I'm great, but how does the other department, how do my, how do my bosses bosses, how do they know me? So this is another way to put, you know, I like the title, how to stand out when you're getting, when you feel overlooked is, you know, this is the fast track to the promotion. This is the, how to market yourself better, um, which I think everybody, uh, we could all pay attention to a little more. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I probably took the opposite approach of you. So yeah, I probably would have been the one in college if I saw you, wouldn't have liked you the first time. But I I really did like you the first time I met you though. But that's probably because you were just working the room and you came over and made me feel special. You're just doing all your magic stuff. But I I definitely took the approach from the old 80s film, if you build it, they will come. And the, uh, the field of dreams approach, that would have been a lot more of my introverted approach, which is just just be good and they're going to come find me. Uh, I think we've talked about this before from Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, the Show Business Commission, and this this idea that there's this mythical group of people out there that are just going to find all the awesome people and, and carry them to success. That, that's been my strategy for most of my life. And it hasn't, it hasn't worked perfectly. And uh, definitely things moved a little slower than I felt. But this is, I like this conversation, or, or it moved slower than I wanted it to. But what I really like about this conversation and I like the way we're calling this, what, what to do when you feel overlooked. Maybe you're not being overlooked, but you feel it. And that is a very difficult season to walk through. I have felt that at times in my career. And I think you've got three really, really helpful ideas for those out there that I know are doing hard work, but they just don't feel like anybody is noticing right now. So let's just jump through these. The first one uh, is called creating this oasis of excellence. Thank you very much. That is very good writing right there. So talk about this oasis of excellence. I, I had a friend one time, Kevin, uh, he's kind of in that consulting space and he came and spoke to uh, a team that I was leading. I invited him in and he, he, I remember him drawing just a little mythical org chart on the board. And he said, you know, most people have three options. You've got your bosses, you've got your departments, you know, that are peers of yours, And then you've got the people that you're responsible to lead. Where is the most, when when people have frustration, where is that frustration directed? And everybody in the room said, well, of course, it's directed at the bosses. It's directed at the other departments, which is really true. And I think that's where that idea hit me of, hey, instead of feeling all this frustration about what I'm not getting to do, uh, about about even worrying about being overlooked, fixating on it, getting too focused on, why don't they just see me? Because if, if, we, if we don't have the, the best motive, then what we're going to do is we're going to end up doing something that we regret, you know, making a decision, you know, re- working contrary to the temperament or wiring that we've been given. 
And so the best thing we can do is to create an oasis of excellence, is to figure out what am I most in charge of? What is the thing that, uh, you know, I might not, I might be getting overlooked to do other things that I want to do in the future, but what am I responsible to do right now? And I know that's a simple, you know, it's Michael Jackson. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to make a change. I know this is a really simple concept, but I think it's the place you got to start is you got to start. Have I done everything I can do to create the most excellent environment, the most excellent team, the most excellent culture, the most excellent practices, the most quality work right where I am with what I'm most in charge of. And so the majority of our energy, even when we're feeling overlooked, the majority of our energy has got to go right there to that oasis that we're uh, responsible to lead and trying to do everything we can do to create an oasis of excellence. I like that. Yeah. And that's a theme that we've talked about oftentimes, Clay, on this podcast, because it is such an, an important part of leading which is asking yourself that question on a regular basis. What do I control? Said other ways, take care of your side of the street, stay in your lane, bro. Whatever it is, there are certain times where you need to ask that question and really be thoughtful about your answer there. And I've been thinking about that question a lot lately because actually this week I'm going to be teaching it, this principle. And so it's been kind of fresh on my mind Lately, And as I think about my own life and my own leadership journey and asking the question, what do I control, two things pop into my mind. Number one, I never control the things I want to control. But the, the list, and then number two, the list of things I do control is always longer than I anticipated. And so in your example that you talked about there where you've got your bosses and the other departments and then your team – what do I want to control? I want to control the bosses, the other departments. That's what I want to control. And you can think about this even in your own life right now. Business owners out there thinking about the state of the economy as a recession coming, all that kind of stuff. I can think about that as a small business owner. And you know what I want to control? I want to control the Fed. I want to control the markets. I want to control world leaders. There's all this stuff I want to control. I control none of it. But then if you think about what I do control, that list is a lot longer than I originally anticipated. And and I think what I'm hearing you say is create that list of what you control and then dominate it, win it, make sure you're being excellent in those areas. It's a lot longer than you think. Yes, it's not the stuff you probably want, but you can you can make a lot of progress focusing on that list. And I would just say, you know, the the bias that you're going to have, I mean, when it comes to creating an oasis of excellence. I'm sure when you think about that, most people, their first thought is, I've already done that. I'm doing that. So you got to, you you have to be aware that your bias is toward probably being seen as better than you are, or maybe uh, thinking that you, things are more excellent than they're not because you, we all want to sleep at night. Right. And so I would, I would say this week, use this as an opportunity to go get some feedback about is it true? Do people really see what I'm creating as an oasis of excellence? Or do they see, I don't know. I don't know that I'd recommend somebody to work for you. I don't know that I'd recommend somebody to be on that team. I don't know that other people really see the quality of the work. And uh, if, if there's opportunities to grow there, you're not any better for not knowing those. You may as well figure those out this week. Okay, good. So that's number one, create this oasis of excellence. Number two, uh, learning how to communicate with those above you on the org chart, so your boss, bosses, bosses, uh, other senior leaders in the organization. So talk about talk about why that's so important, especially when you feel overlooked. Learning how to communicate up the org chart. Sure. Well, let's let's think about a spectrum. If the spectrum of communicating with your boss is, 
the the puppy dog that's constantly looking for attention. I mean, when I walk in our house, our our dog is almost two years old, but still seems puppyish. And I walk in the house, and it's just like I mean, nipping at the ankles. Do you see me? Do you recognize what's going on? You know. So if that's one end of the spectrum, if that's one way to try to get the attention of your boss, the other is to do absolutely nothing and to be frustrated about the fact that they don't see you. There's got to be a middle way here of how to communicate well with your boss without feeling like you're the person in the back of the room always raising their hand for every question. Do you see me? Do you see me? You know, it's the kid that's on the diving board. Dad, look, mom, look, right? I mean, we don't want to be that to the boss, but you also can't be silent. You cannot only sit in the shadows being frustrated that you're getting overlooked. There are some specific things that you can do on learning to communicate with your boss. I I would start with some kind of weekly update on your activity, more more than even activity, on your results. So I would start with a every Monday morning or a end of the day on Friday, maybe beginning of the day on Friday, a short, brief, bulleted email this week, here are the three things I've accomplished. Next week, here are the three big things I'm working on. And I just want to keep this in front of you to make sure that I'm on the right track and to make sure that uh, if there's opportunities for you to course correct, I just want to be open to that and let you know that you have that. A simple way to stay in front. It absolutely is. And what I really like about that, and maybe somebody's listening to that and they're going, I don't know, that sounds like that's going to be uh, kissing up a little bit to them, and I don't want to fill up their inbox. And I, I would just, I, I recognize all of that. I would just power through those feelings and do this anyway. Because here's one thing I do know is true about about bosses is generally they really like good news. Uh, they're dealing with bad news and problems very often. So if you did accomplish some things this week, share that. That is going to be a great email for your boss to read because she's going to open that up and go, okay, finally something did go right this week. That is, that is amazing. And so again, I think that's a a great skill and a very simple and practical way to do that is just to send that, that email up. I saw that happen when I was leading a team for a big nonprofit here in town and essentially with our board. So it wasn't necessarily my direct boss, my direct boss knew things that I was, that I was doing and what my team was accomplishing, but we were trying to communicate up one more level to basically the board of directors. And there was one gentleman who was leading a team. He would, he would be the other department. And he had been sending these emails to the board with a very basic structure of here were our wins this week. Here's what, or I think we, he did this once a month, the wins from the past month, the big projects we're working on. Here's a a general update on how the team's doing and how they're performing. And the board loved it. They were just eating it up. And I remember the, the, the senior leader looking at all of us going, I'm not saying y'all have to do what Jeff's doing, but that is so easy. And Jeff is doing a great job of, of communicating up. So I just started once a month putting these emails together. I couldn't believe the feedback. And again, I, I wanted to tell myself, oh, they're busy. They've got so many emails. They loved it. And, and it did not hurt my team. It only helped. And so uh, so I just reiterate what you're saying there. Learning how to do that is incredibly helpful. And again, it's not it's not the bragging. It's just uh, trying to really more stick to the facts, right? It, w- would you say that that would be a helpful way to structure that email and the tone of that email when you're sending it? Yeah, absolutely. It's not, hey, look at all that I've done. It's, hey, look at what our team's done. Look at what, what we've accomplished as an organization. This when, 
use the word brag, Adam, I was just about to say something that if you, if you, in that same regard, if you're going to brag, I would focus your bragging on your boss. And so a way to get visibility with the people that your boss works for is to let them know the good things your boss has done. They are inundated with problems. Here are all the issues, here are the HR issues, here are the problems that no one can figure out. But if you write a handwritten note this week to your boss's boss and just say, hey, I just want to let you know something that Susan did for our team this week that I thought was really remarkable. I know there's a lot of things we got to get done, but I thought this was a great step forward and I just wanted to brag on her for just a moment. I think that's a really great way to gain some visibility, to gain, to start building a relationship, to be a wind in the sail of not just your boss, but even your, the bosses of your boss. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so that oasis of excellence, communicating, learning how to communicate up the org chart. And then the third idea, just the last one here before we wrap this up, is learning how to market yourself to other departments. And I really like that. So uh, talk about where this idea came from and why you think this is so important. Well, you, you know what it's like to lead, you know, once you, once you get to the point in any organization where you're leading leaders who are leading teams, right, where, where there's something that's bigger than just a few people or five people or 10, whatever on the team you're leading, you start getting involved with some of these challenges and issues that it's not anyone's job to do this. When I think about that, I think about, you know, volunteer stuff we're doing in the community, right? Every organization's got some kind of volunteer day. Um, the, the party planning committee, right, that we see on so, so well orchestrated on the office. Uh, the, the, on, on our organization, we called it the, I called it the, the for the fun of it team. We're not doing this for any other reason, just for the fun of it. And we were always looking for people to volunteer, to raise their hand, to say, hey, I'll serve on the how are we going to serve our committee team. I'll serve on the how are we going to plan the Christmas party committee, right? I think those are simple, low-hanging fruit, easy ways to build relationships outside of your team. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I don't have time for it. But I'm telling you, if you want to stand out when you're feeling overlooked, you've got to work on some things that are low risk, that maybe even low return, but specifically low risk. You've got to work on some things with other people so that they can see your skill set, so they can see the value that you bring. So next time there's an opportunity to volunteer for the party planning committee or for the Christmas party or for the serving day, jump on that opportunity. Be one of the first ones to raise your hand. Yeah. And then in the meantime, because uh, when people are listening to this, it may be the spring of 23. So Christmas or the holidays is, is far off. Another way to do this that I've seen work maybe just as effectively is you got to eat lunch every day. So try not to eat lunch at your desk or alone. Try to go to lunch with others in other departments and just ask one simple question. Uh, what big projects are y'all working on right now? And just get in the sandbox with them and start to, to, to listen to them and think about the problems they're facing. And then over a 45-minute to one-hour lunch, when you get in the sandbox and brainstorm some ideas with them or share some suggestions, or even if it's just asking questions, listening to them, and then remembering what they told you, that will go a long way in marketing yourself to another department. Uh, people feel really seen and cared for when you help them think about their problems as well. And so uh, resist that urge when you get together with another person from another department just to commiserate together because misery loves company and just you complain about your problems and they complain about yours. Uh, take that, choose that positivity and talk about the problems and just brainstorm them over a meal. And I think you'd be amazed at how 
far that goes in marketing yourself to other departments and showing that you really do have some value. Because you start to do that over a regular period of time, people are going to start to take notice of that, and they're going to start inviting you into more meetings. They're going to start picking your brain on certain things, and uh, you're not going to be overlooked for much longer. I, I would say, just to wrap this up, Adam, I would say that the idea in general that you're getting overlooked, I would be really careful about that feeling. I, I would pay it, pay close attention to that feeling because where that ultimately leads is to a victim mindset. And so the worst thing that any one of us could do today is go, oh, woe is me. Nobody sees me. Nobody ever pays attention to my stuff. No, 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 no. Focus on the things you can do. Do not focus on the victim side of they don't see me and they don't recognize all that I have and all that I can do. No, no, no. Get out in front of that. Uh, hold that feeling hostage and say, no, I'm going to turn that into activity. Uh, that's the best thing any one of us can do with that emotion that all of us feel from time to time of feeling like, you know what, they just don't see all that I can really do. Uh, well, there's a lot you can do about that. And I hope that this will help you unlock some of that. Yeah, Helpful stuff as always, Clay. Good to be with you today. Thanks, Adam. Well, that's all we got for today's episode of the How to Lead podcast. You can always reach out to us via email. We can be reached at info at howtolead.work. That's info at howtolead.work. Every episode is mixed and edited by the team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next time.